Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Calmel, an American super soldier continuing to lead the fight against evil for a second year in a row. Fortunately, I have with me a fellow invader, my British counterpart. He's the founder of Vanguard Tactics and my good friend. He's also still the Union Jack to my Captain America, Mr. Stephen Box. Steve, how's it going? Mate, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am okay. It is a bright and early, lovely, and somewhat crisp morning here in Georgia. And uh, I am excited to talk about Arcs of Omen and the balance data slate. It's big. Yeah, big stuff. So, it is. Um, it, there, this is this is a big shakeup. We've had rumors, we've had leaks, we've had just people losing their hair over it. Um, you know, people losing sleep. So hopefully today on this show we can fill you in on everything you need to know about the new arcs of Omen detachment and also the balance update. Yeah, yeah. We were going to have a, do an episode just on all the leaks and the rumors, and then now fortunately the 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 truth has been revealed, and so we can talk about that and just put all the rumors to rest. And you and I can talk about our opinions on leaks later. Yeah. So, uh, but first, uh, let's acknowledge our sponsor, Siege Studios. Yeah. Well, I mean, they are have been asking me about this new Eldari army that Warrior Workshop are doing for us. So, just asking me, like, you know, do I want any of the weapons magnetized and everything? So that's super, super cool, um, and I can't wait to add those units into my. Uh, Craftwood army that I'm also painting up as well. So um, yeah, I'm working really, really hard to get my army looking absolutely beautiful before the Las Vegas Open. And I've been putting some of those pictures up on Instagram. But um, Siege, thank you so, so much for all the support you give us. And look forward to hearing uh, James's battle ready segment tips at the end. Is that right? Battle ready segment tips. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. you got it. Yeah. <laughs> We're professionals, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. Uh, and then uh, the Competitive 40K Podcast Community Facebook page, the password this month is Leontis. Leontis. Uh, so if you remember, no password, no answering questions, no answerance. So I, I still keep getting people trying to get in without answering any of the questions. So, and you know what? And I'm forgiving. If you give me a password from four months ago because you're catching up on these episodes, that's fine. I'll let you in. I, I remember the passwords. I'll let you in. But if, if you're not answering the questions, like if you're, you're not promising not to do leaks, you're not getting it. We will boot you. And uh, Academy doors are closed. Next session has started or starts next week. Um, so basically, the yeah, Academy is closed at the moment. Um, and yeah, the, really, the, the main thing for us here is um, obviously getting your Las Vegas Open workshop tickets. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, and I was, that was my, my next bu- uh, bullet point on my notes here. Uh, we cannot forget to push the Las Vegas Open workshop because... Ladies and gentlemen, this thing is, you, it, it's the best education you're going to get in 40K. The best hands-on training for 40K you can get. So if you are anywhere, if you're in California or Utah, if you're in Arizona, drive up. Just just come on over to Vegas and do the workshop. It is totally worth your time, effort. Plus, you, you know, even if you're not playing in the Grand Tournament or one of the, the RTTs or something, you're, you're still in Vegas. So it's a win-win. Yeah. Unless you're at the gambling tables, then it's probably lose-lose. But that's... You can still win by going to Vegas for sure by coming to the workshop. So come to yeah, the workshop. Exactly. Um, um, and to get yeah. your tickets, all you need to do is head over to the Frontline Gaming website, click on their store, and then just search for Vanguard Tactics. That's how you get them. Super simple. It's super simple. Um, so and it's gonna it's, and it's gonna be even better this year than last year because this last year we had you, 
and Ben helped doing the coaching. And this year it's going to be you and Ben and Mike and Kyle and who else? We got a bunch of the guys are coming over. Yeah, it's going to be a huge. Chris is yeah, coming. Yeah, we've got Chris. We've got Jack. Um, yeah, on yeah, Mike, Jake, the whole team is going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, as a side bonus, you can come get the autograph of the handsomest man in 40K if you want. So, because Jake Harding will be there. So, all sorts of positive reasons to come to the LVO workshop. Get your tickets now. Um, the LVO is like three and a half weeks away, folks. Let's let's get on this. Let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then we got a review today um, from uh, Drain IV. Uh, fantastic podcast, five star review. Not only a fantastic podcast, which promotes the best parts of our hobby at their core, but the pop references, which usually baffle Steven, is awesome. Keep it up. Uh, thanks, man. Or ma'am. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Um, and I will continue to do my best to um, confound Steve throughout the year. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. Um, if you want to contact us on social media, uh, you should follow Steven on Instagram at, at the Vanguard Tactics when he's always putting up uh, not just motivational stuff, but also um, his painting progress uh, photos and uh, you know little tips. He puts up lots of tips and tricks too on his Instagram. So it, it is a valuable resource in and of itself. And you get that for free. Uh, you can also follow Mike and see his amazing progress, his painting progress, which he's working on all of his uh, apparel guard right now. Excuse me. Astro Military. I'm old school. Uh, follow Mike at at VT underscore Mike underscore. And of course, uh, you can follow me at at Infantry Lawyer 40K. Uh, so, and don't forget to sign up to uh, go to www.vanguardtactics.com to get more information about the Academy if you have not yet signed up for that. And don't forget to go to YouTube, check out all the VT stream games and the other content that's on there. Now, we've got a rules lawyer question. This is from Andrew Clark on Facebook. And I think it's a fairly straightforward answer, but I still wanted to kick it over to you, Steve, for your, uh, for your answer here. Um, Andrew asked, uh, can you discuss uh, the difference between a single 2D3 blast weapon and two separate D3 blast weapons on the same model? This specific interaction involves Space Marine Plasma interceptor, uh, Inceptors. He said his opponent's interpretation was that they were the same since the plasma weapons are on the same profile and therefore don't count as separate weapons. Um, he said, I got a minimum of three shots per Inceptor and had to take the dice results as if it was a 2D3 gun. My interpretation was that since they're listed as two separate weapons on the data sheet, I could fire them independently and therefore each gun's hit rolls are impacted by blast. So Inceptors would gain minimum three shots on each gun and therefore six shots total into a six-man unit. Yeah, I agree with you, Dave. Um, well, when I, when I was saying I, that was actually his, but yes. Oh, sorry. Yes, you, because basically you've just got two of them, but they're still separate weapons. Yeah. Yeah, so even though the, the profile is, the weapon profile is only written once, you're, you're, they don't stack. They're exactly. separate weapons. So otherwise, GW, the, the codexes would be a lot bigger reprinting every single weapon multiple times. Basically, so. how that works is if you're shooting at a unit with six or more models, then you are going to basically get full shots on those D3 weapons. So three shots from one side, your left hand, three shots from your right side. Um, so you're going to get a total of six shots for those plasma receptors when you're shooting at a unit of six or more which is why they were so incredibly strong when they first came out. So yeah, that's how they work. Yep. All right. So now moving on oh, to wait. the main topic for Let's today. Do this. What do you want to do? You want, are we, are we doing, are we doing, are we doing the, the, the GT pack first? You want to do the balance data slate? I think it's worth doing the, do you know what? Let's do the balance data slate first. Okay. And then we'll do the arcs of Omen. Okay. Okay. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. So balance data slate, 
Um, let me pull up the old one real quick so we can look at some some comparisons. You've here. got the old um, one, and I've got the new one. I've got the old one. Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of these aspects, and I'm going to tell you what's changed. But to begin with, we've got universal match plays rules, and this is where you kind of find the rules. Uh, we've seen like the change to indirect fire, bodyguard abilities. Um, and also there's one on aircraft as well. So we'll cover that first, and then we'll go into each of the different factions. All right, Dave? All right. I got the old balance data slate in front of me. You got the new one. Let's rock and roll. The first bit on the old one is armor of contempt. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, mine doesn't say that here. That's gone. What? All gone. Yeah. Armor of contempt. Go bye-bye. It is gone. So no armor of contempt on Imperial Guard, no Imperial, uh, no armor of contempt on Space Marines, Cal Space Marines, or, um, the sisters of battle either yeah. yeah shauna will be very displeased about that she's yeah. very sad when i tell her about that but all right there's lots of things for shauna as a sisters player to be happy about though so oh, okay. um yeah it's not all doom and gloom okay it's not all doom and gloom but armor contempt is gone all right yeah. now the one thing that we're not going to be talking about today is the points um however uh, myself and Michael did a live stream all about the points, and that is going to be a great way on our YouTube channel to get a really good synopsis and overview of what all of the points changes mean and how they're going to impact you. So do not worry if you're a Space Marine player, you are being well looked after. Okay, we've, um, well, Games Workshop have taken all of this stuff into consideration, the balance update, the, the new arcs moment detachment, the missions, the secondaries, the points, it's all been looked at together. And I will say this to begin with, that, it's incredible how this is all going to kind of fit together, but you need all the pieces of the puzzle together in order to get uh, this kind of balance that we, 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 want, we want from the game. So I'm extremely hopeful for it, and I can't wait to see this kind of in play. So that's my first thing on Elmer Contempt. And obviously as a Blood Angel player, you can probably imagine I'm quite, or you, you, you could probably imagine I'd be like, oh, oh no, Armor Contempt's going, but there's still loads of cool stuff here, all right? So don't yeah. worry just yet, guys. Yeah, and this does mean that, you know, Storm Shields are back in play and Sacrosant Shields are back in play and all that too. So, you know, yeah. we, this is not all the end of the world. So, um, Armor Contempt gone. It's a little less uh, mental math that we all have to do when we're trying to calculate AP on the fly. Yep. Um, and now, and also I'm, I'm happy for anything that takes the mental load off players mid-game. So, uh, yeah. to that extent, it's a good thing. Um, aircraft. I have the aircraft rule. It just says you're limited to one aircraft in a combat patrol or incursion game, two to strike force and three in onslaught games. Okay. So aircraft have stayed the same in terms of how many you can take, but there are two new paragraphs for aircrafts. Okay. What? All right. Hit me. The first one is that aircraft units from your army must start in strategic reserve. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So therefore you cannot start your planes on the table any longer. So no turn one bombing runs. No turn one bombing runs. Now, also, strategic reserves are now free in Arcs of Omen, so you don't have to pay for it. They just start there, okay? Okay. Now, the next thing, the next bullet point, um, if you've got a rule that triggers after you move, okay, it only takes effect now if that model ends its move on the battlefield. So you, you basically can't drop bombs and then turn off, you know, fly off the table. Right. So you, okay. if you want a bomb... You want to do some bombing, you've got to stay on the table. All right. Yeah, that's 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 reasonable and fair. I, I was not a fan of... I mean, I I think I did it once in a game, and it just didn't feel right. I'm actually really super happy about these two changes. Um, I think the Tau bombers were exceptionally brutal yeah. um, and quite sort of uninteractive to play against. And I think if what this now does 
is it really forces a player to decide one if they're going to take them because if you're going to do a bombing run uh, and you're taking a plane just to simply do the bombing run like the Tau um, and obviously they've also got great guns as well you're not going to get out anything out of them turn one you can't turn you can't bomb until basically turn three and you have to be on the table first to get shot at before you even can then move bomb and then hopefully that plane's going to die anyway so because it'll be so close to you so um yeah i think this is one nice thing because aircrafts are a real weird one in terms of a game of 40k where it's not that big to have these kind of huge amounts of planes on the table um right. and you know obviously in terms of warfare planes kind of come in they shoot a few shots and they go off don't they i mean you probably know a lot more about aircrafts than i do but um it's not like there's something that's on the battlefield for a long time i mean i've seen top gun that's as much as knowledge i've got yeah no normally like from the little bit of training that I had with when we cross trained with the Air Force, you know, in real life, you you call in the the airstrike and you know a couple two minutes later explosions go off, but they're so high in the air you're you're not shooting at them anyway. So the the interaction of of having bombers and and aircraft in general, it, in 40k, they frankly 40ks would be close would be better off to have things like helicopters, you know, close air support stuff if you actually want yeah. a model on the table because theoretically the aircraft should be so high. They'd be on the, you know, outside the, the convention hall run, doing their bombing runs. So, yeah, kind of equivalent to like a land speeder, yeah? Right. Something more like a land speeder or um, what's the, the, the Storm, Stormhawk gunship that I yeah. think it's the, the, that the Space Marines have. So, yeah. like, yeah, it's got the little VTOL engines and all that. So, um, anyway, so yeah, that's the, I mean, it, it, it's fair and reasonable, like doing multiple bombing runs. Yes, technically in real life, aircraft can do two or three bombing runs. They don't carry enough bombs to keep bombing you constantly so yeah it's yeah. good i think you get like one one good run out of it yeah yeah okay nice so then the next one then is indirect fire um that hasn't changed okay so astro militarum are still immune to the indirect fire rule that oh. everybody else gets no they are not immune oh because in the in the last data slate it was you know you know, obviously, there's the the minus one ballistic skill and the um, plus one armor saving yeah. throws for anybody getting hit by a by an indirect fire. But then Astro Militarum had were exempted from that rule, so that's they are gone no now. longer exempt. Yeah, they are no longer exempt. I yes. like it. So the indirect penalties are still there, but guard are no longer going to get there. Like I'm, I ignore this indirect thing. Right. They have to suffer it too. Yeah, which makes. You know, some sense. Obviously, it's harder to hit in things indirectly than it is having line of sight. So I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Then the next one is the bodyguard abilities has not changed. All right, and then we get into the faction specific rules. Um, Adeptus Sororitas. Um, they had their two rules. Uh, they get their um, they they get a miracle dice at the start of each turn. Yeah. And then the other bullet point was said change the bullet point on um, Order of the Valor's heart so that they. Um, they you can't reroll wounds against them. Yeah, so that's the first bullet point remains in terms of gaining the miracle dice. But what's now changed is that because obviously um, the reason why they had you can't reroll the wound rolls against them was because they kind of had like an armor contempt built in. Right. Um, in so now it was pointless giving them armor contempt and that kind of ignore modifier um, of AP one and two. That's so that second bullet point's now gone. It will just revert back to their codex rules. So if you want armor contempt as a sisters player, um, then you know go and play Valor's Heart. Uh, Valor's Heart. Yeah. And yep. on that topic, I will say that also is the same for Salamanders. 
Um, yeah. And that was also the same for Iron Warriors as well from Chaos. So they've all gone. So no more, like, you can't reroll the wound roll against us. You're going back to your codex rules for those, okay? All right. Uh, and then we got several bullet points here for Astra Militarum. I'm assuming all of these are gone because they yep. have a new codex and... Whole section deleted. Nothing there. Nothing there. All right. Um, and then Custodes. Did Custodes get any love? They did get a lot of love, actually. And I think Custodes are a huge, huge winner from this balance update. Um, basically, now, you had the one which was um, the... It says, change the Custodes keyword in all instances on the Arcane Genetic Alchemy and the Emperor's Allspec Stratagem. It now just reads to be infantry only. But it used to be, in the last balance update, correct me if I'm wrong, um, that they could only use it once, that stratagem. Esteemed Amalgam, Emperor's Auspice, and Martial Discretion, you could only use this stratagem once. That's all gone. So use it as much as you want. But only on infantry. But only on infantry, yeah. So all the Custodes Dreadnought spam lists, no. Yeah. Well, it, that was what people were forced to kind of play that way because um, that was the stronger build. But now giving the stratagems back to infantry gives them a little bit more play. And they've also got a change. Now, they, the way that um, in the previous balance update, there was a change to how units gained objectives secured, right? Right, yeah, in the in the they that was three balanced data slates ago. I think it was the, the yeah. one. Of, I think it was in the first one. They they took objective secure because in the codex, all adeptus custodes units have all the uh, all the units had ob, had obsec. All the infantry had obsec, and now yeah. they took then in the down, balanced data slate they took it down to just troops. The, yeah, so now it's a kind of a, a middle ground, and it's core infantry. So um, okay. this is the biggest change now. That means wardens, terminators. Um, it means the Venetari, um, it means that all those kind of infantry core units for Custos now gain objective secured back, which I think is brilliant. So stratagems are back and so is obsec, just no obsec on your characters. That's the only kind of one, yeah. you know, and minor no change in the codex. No obsec bikes then, but I didn't yeah. think they had that anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah folks from the codex is just basically core infantry now. Okay. Okay. So no, no cross table heroic intervention character with obsec nope because that was a feel bad yeah and then the last bullet point was um change the adeptus custodes keyword in all instances on the arcane genetic alchemy and emperor's auspice stratagems to infantry yeah so that's the same that's still the same but it's just the once per game uh, aspects are now gone all right okay they add anything else nope okay if anything yeah they remove stuff yeah okay uh and then we got drakari okay um, drakari Drakari had the core keyword taken away from Talos and Kronos. Yep. There's no change on Drakari. Okay. Drakari is all the same. Yep. Drakari is no same. The balance update is still the same for Drakari. Okay. Uh, Azriani. Azriani. Yeah. So there was, um, there's one change. Okay. And the change now means that they've removed something which is the, you could only use the fire and phage stratagem once. That's now gone, but everything else has remained the same. Okay. So it means you can now fire and fade multiple times in a, in a game, but obviously it's two CPs, uh, and obviously CPs are a little bit kind of harder to get hold of than they were back in, um, for example, uh, Nackman days, right, when it first came out. Right, yeah. Although everybody's going to start with one or two more CP potentially because of the new detachments, the new detachment. but we'll get to that. And we'll get yeah. to that. 
All right. Uh, Space Marines. Um, change the second bullet point of the forged in battle. Oh, that's Salamanders. We know that that's changed back. And then uh, and shock tactics, secondary mission objective. Um, did that get overhauled in the? Yeah. So okay. the, the secondaries will be changed in terms of um, the what's actually inside the Arcs of Omen tournament pack. And there's some nice little, in that book, there's some little buffs and debuffs to some of the more harder or overpowered secondaries in the game. So obviously that's now just been removed because it'll be superseded by the Arcs of Omen detachment. Um, there is one big change here for Space Marines. Okay? What's that? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Right. Well, there's actually two big changes, but one's huge. <laughs> um, okay, the first one is that combat doctrines now. If every unit from your army has the Adeptus Astarte keyword, excluding agents of the Imperium and unlined units, it gains combat doctrines. So during the first battle round, you know, you basically get your Devastator, right? Right. And then you move on in second to tactical and third into assault. Right. Oh, no, no. From now on, you can choose to stay in Devastator Doctrine for as long as you want. Holy God. The the Imperial Fists might vaguely be slightly more playable now. Yeah. Since they have a Devastator Doctrine-only Super Doctrine. Yeah. Um, Iron Hands are going to be disgusting. Yes. So, uh, yeah, now, this is a really interesting one. Let's just come back to that point here. Change the combat doctrine ability to read if every unit from your army has the Adeptus Astartes keyword. Every unit has to be Adeptus Astartes. You right. see where I'm going with this, Dave? Yeah. Every every unit in your army, not every unit in your detachment. Exactly. So, so we're going to come back to this later. When we get to Arcs of Omen and Battle yes. Brothers. Yes. Yes. See, and that's, yeah, see, you and I were talking right before we started recording, and I was asking you about some of the um, what is or isn't going to be affected by using certain allies but okay that answers that question okay all right so like it and then what's the other bullet point okay basically your troops now always make the objective sticky so if you're holding a objective uh in the command phase with a troop unit of adeptus astartes uh like a tactical squad or whatever uh, intercessors then you can leave that objective and it still remains under your control until um you know your opponent takes off you basically all right do you have to hold it for a full turn or just for the phase? It just says at the end. It just says if the at the end of your command phase, if one of more adepts of Starties are within okay. range of it. All right. So it's at the end of your command phase. Got it. All right. So you got to start the turn on the objective, and then after that, you can move on out, yeah. and you've still got it. All right. Cool. Uh, Chaos Space Marines. I'm assuming they got something same or similar. Chaos Space Marines. Um, they actually had. One big change, and I'm actually a massive fan of this change. Creations of bile. Each time a model with this trait is destroyed by a melee attack, if that model has not fought, roll a d6. On a 4+, plus, do not remove it. That destroyed model can fight after the attacking model has finished. Okay? Got it. All right. Yeah, so the, the fight on death thing is only on a 4+. plus. All right. That's reasonable. Yes. And the destroyed right. models are always considered to have one wound remaining. So... Um, yeah, if you're bracketed, you're bracketed, and obviously now it's only half as efficient. I mean, it's still very, very strong, uh, very right. strong. But 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 um, before creations of bio was a was a terror on the in, in, in events because their trading game they would always win because if yeah. they charge and kill something they kill something and if you charge and kill something then you both die and it was yeah, they, they were going to forever win the trading game. That's it. It's just impossible for combat armies to 
really function knowing that creation of the bar were a thing. So at least now they're at least 50% less effective and it's not guaranteed. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Right. That's curse Cal space Marines. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then death guard, the, the death guard, um, the only bullet point they had in the last one was, uh, their terminators got obsec. Uh, correct. That is it. Yep. Same. All right. Still there. Now, before we move on, I believe yep. you won't have one for chaos demons, but we do, I do not. All right. Okay. What so change the following ability from the flickering flame weapons. And this is found on the flamers data sheet. Each time an attack is made with this weapon, that attack automatically hits. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're deleting that whole section. So, oh, okay. So they're not, no, the, even though they're flamethrowers, they are not automatically hitting anymore. Yeah. They still need to hit. Okay. They're flickering. They need to shoot them. All right. You right. still need to, you need a ballistic skill now. Um, now this, this is a big change because obviously, uh, flamers are absolutely horrific to play against because of the overwatch. Yes. So now they actually need to roll out the overwatch, um, you know, hitting on sixes or if they're in cover fives, cause they can obviously hold steady. Um, it also now means that it would incentivize more people to play as pure demons because there's a way to get plus one ballistic skill and they can also reroll one. So you kind of still are a flamer. You're still basically auto hitting when you're hitting on twos, rerolling ones, uh, as a, as a pure demon detachment, but, we're going to see less of the, oh, I'm just going to take my Chaos Army and just put in 18 Flamers because right. they're busted, right? Yeah, the, the the Thousand Suns list that's been making the rounds the last couple of months, it's got 15 or 18 Flamers and an Exalted Flamer thrown in there for, for kicks. That that will go away. Yeah. So that's, or at least should so hopefully a little bit go away, but yeah. we'll see. Um, otherwise, it's going to be it's not Crusher Stampede bad, but it's just, it's an annoyance. That's I, I actually, when I was doing my list for, for my Votan, I was teching for that. So make sure that I had ways to shut off Overwatch. So, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and then next I have Tyranids. Next you've got Tyranids. Well, again, there are some more changes for Tyranids here. Okay. Um, I believe the one that I need to tell you about. So basically the biggest change here is going to be change the second sentence to the overrun stratagem. Select okay. one hive tendril core unit from your army that made a charge move this turn. Okay. Uh, so no more so no more uh, winged hive tyrant using overrun. Exactly. Got it. That is the most significant one. Now there was there anything about um spore mines? Uh, nope. Basically, it says delete the last sentence from the following abilities. Seed spore mines, spore mine cyst, and seed seed spores. So now this means if you want to, um, and I'm sure Michael will uh, shake shake his head if I'm incorrect on this, um, I'm sure now that this means you need to pay the points for any spore mines that you want to basically, you know, spit out from any of those abilities. Michael is nodding at me. I am correct because obviously uh, he knows the NID codex extremely well. So yeah, you can't just you know spit out spore mines for fun anymore. You need to basically have those as kind of um, reinforcement you know, points. Reinforcement points, yeah, yeah. Which I think is great. I think that's really good. This is this is GW um, taking a swing at John Lennon, who came up with a list a couple months ago um, to to really move block heavily and scatter spore mines everywhere to confine where people can move. And he was using it to corral people. I mean, even before that, um, it was all over LGT. And this was back in September. So it's not, yeah. it's not new. Um, it's been, you know, around for quite some time. I remember playing some events recently and just 
going up against a huge amount of these spore mines that can just you know move and target anything through walls so i actually really like the fact that you need to um you know really put some points into that and it's not just free and once you've used them up you've used them up so i think that's a really good change yeah yeah it'll it'll because that was definitely a mechanic that could be abused stupidly so uh all right so cool um and then there was the I'm assuming they haven't changed anything about the um, using the adaptive element of the high fleet adaptations. All that stayed the same, basically. Yeah, they were just two additional paragraphs added, okay? All right. Got it. And then we go to my beloved Tau Empire. Okay, Tau. Um, Have you got four bullet points there? I have got four bullet points here, yep. Then no change. All right. Uh, Monka still no re-rolling ones during Monka. Correct. Bummer. All right. Um, and still no core. Key, still core keyword has been removed from broadside battlesuits. Yeah. No cool. Damn it. All right. That's okay. Cause I've, since I've moved on and my, my towel is shelved, Sean and I just got new shelves upstairs. So my towel is very comfortably displayed upstairs. Uh, Necrons. Necrons, I believe have all stayed the same. All right. Oh, hang on, hang on a second. Uh, no, there, there is one. Okay. Change the second introductory sentence of the ancient dynasty's rule to read. Unless you select the vassal kingdom or eternal conqueror's dynasty code, you can only select one additional code from the. No, I think that stayed the same. Um, yeah, I, I think Necrons have stayed the same. Uh, no, that's new. Because oh, it is. Yeah, that's new. They've, if you're eternal conquerors, you was you you because everybody was taking eternal conquerors and um, what's the one that gives you and the um the one that gives you the pregame move because now you can only take now you can only take it as that's the only one you can take right if you take eternal conquerors you can only take eternal conquerors you can't take yeah so basically i think that's what it means now is the objective secured is all consuming you can't combine it you can't stack it with the pregame move right you can have pregame move and some other stuff you just can't have the um uh object pregame move and the object yeah because that was that was broken as all hell okay yeah all right, so yeah, that's new. That's cool. Um, that's going to throw some Necron players for a loop a little bit, but they still can have army-wide obsec, so you just lose yeah. your pregame move. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And then Orcs? Stay the same. Uh, stay the same. Waz, yep. still the same. Um, and then Quins. Quins, Quins, Quins. They had six bullet points in the last data, sh- data slate. Okay, so there's a fair few changes here, all right, with Quins and how they're going to... Uh, so the, in terms of the... Uh, luck rerolls, they're remaining the same. All right. Mm-hmm. The dark sedifs, so basically you do a mortal on death, stayed the same. The light sedif is also stayed the same as well. Are you ready for this next yep. one? Worsen the invulnerable save of every Harlequins model by one. Ugh. I mean, I'm not a Quins player, but I, I can, I'm feeling sympathy for those that are. Because. Um, Everybody had an army-wide four-up, and now it's going to be an army-wide five-up. Yeah, I think the solitaires are three-up, so that will go to a four-up, but yeah. Which yeah, nobody should ever have a three-up involved. I thought, I thought we learned our lesson in seventh edition, but... Um, <laughs> um, the, yeah, it, it's very significant. I think the issue with Harlequins is that they... Uh, and by the way, the other rules of the Harlequins have now been removed. So there's a, there was a really, really good pivotal role that was kind of, I'm going to use nerfed in, you know, brackets, whatever, where right. basically it counts your armies being six inches further away. 
they changed it to a command ability. It didn't quite work. Um, so that now that's now gone. It's back to normal. Um, and the warlord tray element as well, you can turn the dice to a stick. That's also been removed as well. So there's kind of like a little bit of buffs back. But the biggest nerf here is that invulnerable saves are removed by one. Um, you know, the vehicles are just way too durable, you know, far too durable for what should be a light skimmer at their points. Right. Um, so I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom for Harlequins. I actually think, you know, using terrain well, you can't just be so arrogant and just stand out in the open. You're going to have to pick and choose when you stay behind terrain, when you don't shoot, um, and when you want to move out to attack. So I actually think um, is a good change on the whole. Harlequins are a fantastic army still, um, and I still think they're going to be very strong. Uh, people just need to give them time to get over the kind of initial shock of losing, you know, or worsening and vulnerable save by one. Uh, but I still think on the whole, they pack a punch. They fight in all phases of the game. They've got great offset. They've got great secondaries. They've still got great mission play. They can do mortals in loads of different phases of the game. They're a super strong army still. So, um, yeah, all good. Yeah, they, they, they're they supposed to be quick and nimble and hard to hit. They're not supposed to be, I'm going to stand out here and shrug off more damage than a Terminator. So, exactly. Which, the, the, the last time I played Harlequins, which was the first time I'd ever played against Harlequins, um, I had a fantastic opponent. We had a great game, but he was just shamelessly throwing units into me into, and I was playing my towel. Like you shouldn't be shamelessly throwing your stuff into all of my firepower and shrugging off more than half of it with good dice rolls and just going, eh. Yeah. And this is where, this is where the biggest problem with those luck dice came in because people were just, just saving all their luck dice for, you know, the saving throws on like their vehicles and stuff. Right. So now actually I, you know, we might see in the future that might change. Who knows? Um, because it was being mainly abused on those four-up in buttons because there was a 50-50 chance on all of those luck dice, you would basically become invincible, right? So, because um, it kind of, with a four-plus invulnerable save with a re-roll, is normally a 50-50, but then you take a 50-50 in half again, so it's kind of like, I don't know if my stats are correct, but, um, you know, probably closer to, you know, a 25% chance of, you know, or 75, a 75% chance of being successful. Yeah, it's, uh, with a luck it's, dice in the six, it's uh yeah, it's sixty six percent chance. Yeah. Um yeah, because it's sixteen percent per per face of a dice. So yeah. roughly. All right. Cool. Um and then so is there anything after Harlequins? Um yeah, Adeptus Mechanicus. Oh, oh Admac got, got put back in there, huh? Because they were not in they were deleted entirely from the last data slate. Okay. Now, this is cool. I like this one. Add core to the data sheets of the Cataphron Breaches and Destroyers. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, so they are now gaining core because we never, ever saw them. So that's cool. Yeah. Now, this is the one that I don't like so much. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't like this one, personally. Change the Bionics ability on every Adeptus Mechanicus data sheet to read. Models in this unit have a 5-plus invulnerable save. This affects the following units. Skatari Rangers, Skatari Vanguard, Cataphron Breaches, Cataphron Droyers, Servitors, Iron Strider, Balistari, and Dragoons. So they all had a six up. Now they've all got a five up. So what they've basically done is they've gone over to Harlequins and stolen their invulnerable save and added yeah. it to the six up. Yeah. I mean, I know we haven't, I, nobody has seen Admech on the table in six months, but um, that might have been a, a, a bridge too far but i guess we'll see we'll see we'll see we will see because it was it was cool that they gave core in the last data slate they gave core back to because they just deleted the 
the, mm. the data slate entry and they gave core back to the iron striders who had been the bane of everybody's existence at the beginning when the codex first dropped. Now you're also going to give them a 16 and a half percent better chance of having it with their own volunteer. They're giving them a five up involunt save. Yeah. Now uh, let's just be, let's just be really clear on this. They used to get a five up if they were part of the cohort, the Skatari cohort. Oh yeah. And that, and that cohort's going phasing out this month, correct? Or has yeah, that's gone now. That's gone. Okay. So, the so no more veteran gone. cohort. That's good. Yeah, exactly. So now the other good thing is here, uh, credit where credit's due to GW. They're not giving the five up in um, unless they already have it to the rust stalkers and the infiltrators. Okay. I don't, so and that, I don't remember. I don't have the codex on me right now. It's nice to see those units not getting a buff because they're already really strong. I don't mind seeing like the breaches and destroyers getting a good invun. I mean, look at the models that they look durable as hell. So sure. Why not give them the five up invun? Um, but now it does mean Skatari Rangers and Vanguard, those 20, you know, 20 man bricks are going to be back on the menu. Um, and giving those iron striders a little bit more extra potency, but um, you know, in survivability with a five up. So, Hey, it is what it is. A five up's not like game breaking, I would say, but certainly something to keep the admic around for a little bit longer. So we'll see how it shakes out. Um, you know, I haven't played against it yet to really know and how I feel about it. But yeah. All right. Admech is certainly back on the menu from the balance update. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that it? Did Votan get touched at all? Votan, there's nothing here for Votan. All right. So my, my list remains untouched, at least for this, this iteration. All right. Yeah. I'll take it. All right, so that completes the balanced data slate. Now, Arcs of Omen Detachment. Arcs of Omen. Arcs of Omen Detachment. Yes. Okay, so let me talk you through this Arcs of Omen Detachment. Okay, now this is um, this is where people have really lost their minds. Games Workshop did an article uh, on Warhammer Community and didn't quite give all the information. They gave some, and people were kind of speculating loads of different stuff. So I'm going to give you the lowdown on this one. In terms of how I read this, you get one and only one Arcs of Omen detachment. And that basically, um, the best way to look at this is obviously find it on the Games Workshop community website. Uh, we'll put a link to it in our Facebook group for everybody. But in terms of how you must do your force now, you start with 60 Ps. Okay, that's kind of the same as it was. Uh, you know, you there's the Warlord Trait stratagem, the Relic stratagem, and this new Heroic Support stratagem, which allows you to take one more of those kind of you can only take one of this kind of character in your army you can now spend a cp and take another but you can only take and it says you can you must include one and only one arcs of omens attachment okay so this allows you to take a hq and then basically either three troops or three elites or three fast attack or three heavy support or three lord of war okay okay and then you've got basically Total, you can take up to 12 troops, up to six elites. And also, there's now um, three little elite character only, like slots. So you can basically take like a banner guy, an apothecary, a judicer, in addition to six other elites. So you can kind of take nine. Uh, if you were taking three of those little elite characters, you can take up to six fast attack, six heavy support, six Lord of Wars. Um, there is no Supreme Commander detachment anymore. Okay. That's good because that was yep. slightly abused at times. Yeah, because a lot of the time we used to see, um, obviously, Abaddon, right? 
And when yeah. he was put in a Supreme Command Detachment, he would then gain like the Agents of Chaos keyword and stuff. Right. And he would also, with that, because people used to put him in a Supreme Command Detachment of Black Legion, um, they could still use the stratagems on him so he could like advance and charge for the turn or whatever. So this has actually been a debuff to Abaddon. Now, yes. I'm not 100% whether Abaddon, off the top of my head, can still be taken in this detachment. It's whether he only gains the arcs, he only gains the Agent of Chaos keyword if and only if he's put in a Supreme Command detachment. If not, he can just be taken as a like a HQ choice or a Lord of War, whatever the role he fits in, in a normal army in his Arc Zone detachment, but he will not gain the Black Legion keyword, okay, from like uh, all the detachment benefits that you get for being having a Black Legion detachment like access to the stratagem. So that's him in a nutshell. So a slight debuff to him um, and obviously any other kind of Supreme Commanders that work in a similar fashion. Um, so that is one significant change they're always going to work better with an army that is fully black legion or whatever um so that is one thing then you've also got the change here that you can take an allied detachment okay you can take one allied detachment it is now free but it can only be a patrol or a super heavy detachment okay super heavy auxiliary detachment should i say and you can only include one allied detachment so you can't take an arcs of omen detachment plus two patrols you can't take an Arcs of Omen detachment plus a Vanguard detachment and a, you know, patrol detachment. You can't do it. Right. Which right. you shouldn't have to anyway, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And I, I like the... I, I especially like the, the change to the elite character units because, you know, when, yeah. I was playing, when I was playing my Death Watch last year, it was... I always had to drop an elite unit so that I could fit in my Apothecary or Judicial. Yeah. So I like that those don't suck up slots anymore. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think like that's certainly the intent here. Like I was seeing people say, oh, you know, I'm going to take, you know, a million Tau commanders now because I'm going to use this heroic support detachment, like heroic no. support CP like four times or something. Um, no, you're not. It's yeah. your Arcs of Omen detachment plus an allied detachment. Um, now, I'm going to cover the allied detachment next, okay? Because this is where Games Workshop didn't quite say everything. People were saying, oh, I'm going to put, a, you know, patrol of X with my you know, custodes with guard or something. No, that we've now got something called battle brothers. And, you know, when people are like, Oh, soup's going to get crazy. It's actually going to be a lot more restrictive than it's ever been with maybe one exception. Okay. So I'm going to go over all of the main ones first, and then I'm going to come back to this kind of funky one. All right. I'm going to call it a funky battle, brother. Right. <laughs> the battle brother. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. So basically, you can only take a, a Battle Brother detachment if it explicitly says you're allowed to. So if your detachment is either Azerani or Drakari, you can take one patrol of Harlequins. All right, you can't take three patrols of, of Drakari anymore. Just can't do it. So you can take Azerani with a patrol of Harlequins. Uh, if you're Astra Militarum, you can take one patrol detachment of um, Tempest of Scions. If you're, Brute, if you're Gene Stealer Cult, you can take one obviously patrol detachment of brood brothers you can't have mids with gene stealers anymore you can't do it okay um in terms of chaos you can put a chaos knight in your list world eaters they can take corn allied units from like the demon book so that means you cannot take and there's the same for thousand sons death guard and emperor's children so you cannot put a flame of a 
detachment in with your emperor's children, you can't do it because they do not have the slash keyword, which is exactly what we want, right? We want to see thematic armies on the table, uh, which are represented by the law. And I think they've done a fantastic job of doing that. Um, if your Arcs of Omen detachment is Legion, Demonica detachment, if your, Omen, your army is the disciples of Belakor, Army of Renown, you can include one Traitors of Stati's Patrol as an allied detachment. And you can include a Chaos Super Heavy as an allied detachment. All right. So this means that you can include two allied detachments, even though you can normally include one. And that's for Bellacor only. So Bellacor can take a bit of, um, you know, so actually if you're taking a Bellacor army now, you're essentially saving. If you were taking a knight and, you know, another patrol detachment, like saving like five or something CPs now, which is awesome. So um, it's pretty cool that they've put that in for the Regiment of Renown of Bellacor. Yeah. Now, Here's the funky one. If you're an Imperium detachment, so that's any of those Imperial armies, you can include, obviously, an Imperial knight, yeah? And it must contain a free blade unit. Okay. Or you can include one Votan patrol detachment. And this is the funky one you were talking about. Yeah. Yes. Because, yeah, there is <clears throat> there is the possibility for some maybe possibly exploitation of this to, to max out, to, to, to take the best of the Votan and mix them with your space Marines. But as we mentioned earlier, you only get your, your doctrines for space Marines. If your entire army is made up of Deptus Astartes, excluding right. unaligned or all those other, you know, kind of agents um, and, and stuff like that, which we're used to. So, as far as I'm reading this, you can put some Votan in, but you're not going to get any of those benefits. I'm sure it will probably be the same for Sisters players that will only get their, um, not Strands of Fate, but their Miracle Dice. No, miracle Dice, yeah. yeah. So all those different things you are going to lose. You know, I'm sure Custodes will lose their uh, Catan stances. Um, Guard will lose their Orders. Yeah. Yeah, so you can have Votan if you really like the models, but <clears throat> your your army is going to take a hit as a result. Yeah, and remember, a lot of the secondaries, um, for example, um, which can only be used like those sort of army-specific ones, normally only say like, oh, some moment, you know, you can do this with Indeptus Astartes unit. So, um, yes, you can still take it. You can still take those secondaries if you include a, you know, a Battle Brother detachment. However, you are then going to obviously not be able to score those things with the... Um, you know, those units that you've taken that don't have that correct keyword. So if you take us a moment, you're, you're, you're rolling out an Ultramarines and Greater Thurian League Battle Brother unit, and then you take us a moment of secondary, your Berserks or your Hearthguard from your Votan are not camping out in the middle and scoring us a moment points for you. Yeah. All right. Um, now, there is the thing here as well. There's something explicitly that says about secondary objectives about Chaos Space Marines and Space Marines, um, and for example, if you're taking like a legion or something, um, you can't take your legion specific secondary if you've got any other units that aren't agent of Imperium, agent of Chaos, or unaligned in your army. So therefore, you know, I, if I took some Votan and my Blood Angels, I could take the Space Marine secondaries, but I wouldn't be able to take my Blood Angel um, secondary. Okay. All right. And that's only correct for Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines. There's this whole kind of few paragraphs on that. All right, so this is all spelled out in a whole lot more detail in the Arcs of Omen book than it was on the Warcom article. So yes. read, read the fine print, everybody. Now, I saw that people were also thinking that, you know, you now have to, like, one-drop your army in deployment. 
No, you alternate deploying units as per usual. Uh, you roll off, oh, and, yeah. the wi- and the winner still goes first. Okay, so guys, like in terms of actually how the game's going to play, is going to be very very similar to what you're used to. Um, and then in terms of the missions, I, I can pretty much cover majority of the missions. They're pretty much all the same. Okay, so all the missions in the book that you're used to are very, very similar with some slight modified tweaks that allow better game balance. Okay, so I'll give you an example, uh, like Recover the Relics, I believe is exactly the same. Um, Tear down their icons, I'm pretty sure is very similar in terms of the explosions with, you know, putting down bombs and stuff. Data Scry Salvage, you still need to do the action on the objective. Um, Abandoned Sanctuaries, where there's like no no man no man's land rule. Yeah, the no man's land. Yeah. So there's if a unit has to redeploy a unit, that unit cannot be used to set up units in no man's land. Reinforcement units that are set up on the battlefield during the first turn cannot be set up in no man's land. So this is one of the biggest issues with like drop pods. They could just hit you so hard on abandoned sanctuaries because you didn't have time to move out. You couldn't use infiltrators or you know screening units in no man's land, and drop pods could just come down and do what they wanted. Now they can't do that. So that at least gives you a turn to push out, which is much, much better. So, um, yeah, there, there's definitely, and there's some minor tweaks to some of those kind of like additional scoring elements just to tone down a little bit of the, um, some of the missions being too easy to score on if you went second. Some of that's being toned down, but all those missions that you're used to are pretty much exact, exactly the same. Uh, but they have been tweaked slightly just to get a much better game balance, whether you go first or second. All right. All right. Happy with all that? I'm happy with it. Sounds good to me. Good. I can good, good, I can good, good. Uh, I can tell those people that have been texting me, uh, preaching doom and gloom and having a meltdown that mm-hmm. you know I'm not going to play once the Dark Savelman starts. This, this is too, too much. And calm down. It's going to be yeah. fine. If, if if for the most part things are going to be better. And you know yeah. what? If if something is horribly broken that GW missed, there's another balance data slate coming in like three months. Yeah, we'll be fine. You'll be all right. So in terms of secondaries, I'll, go, I'll cover some of the um, you know, sort of biggest changes um, with the secondaries, all right? And to be honest, most of them have remained the same. Some, one of the biggest changes is that the armies that had, for example, more than one secondary objective have now kind of got one. So for example, Blood Angels that used to have like four have now got one. Black Templars have got one. Dark Angels have got one. Death, Death Watch have got one secondary to pick from. Because obviously they can still take the three from Adeptus Astartes, like Purge the Enemy, No Mercy, No uh, sorry, Codex Warfare, Oaths of Moment, and Shock Tactics. But right. then you just can pick one if you're a Blood Angel, for example. No longer four. All right. Okay, so you so okay, so like the four that were in the Blood Angel Codex are gone. They just they deleted them completely, or you can just only pick one. They're, they're all deleted apart from one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So three. Sorry, three of the four have been deleted, or you know, whatever. Yeah. There, there was, there was four in the Death Watch book, and there was only one or maybe two that anybody ever took. So that's it. Okay. Basically, if a book has its own, if a book has its own book, um, so for example, World <laughs> if, a fa- Eaters, if a subfaction has its own co- codex, you mean? Yeah, like World Eaters have three, uh, Death Guard have three, Thousand Sons have three because they're their own books, right? Grey Knights have right. three. Um, you know, but in terms of like the the Space Marine specific ones are pretty much one each only now. Okay. Okay. That again also trims some fat and you know narrows down the number of rules you got to remember. Yeah, and on the whole, they've looked at majority of the secondaries and kind of made them a little bit easier, a little bit harder. 
depending on you know how easy or hard they were before. So I'm not going to cover all of those today. Maybe we can do that on another show if people want us to. Let us know uh, what if you want our hot takes on it. Uh, but in terms of the main secondaries, I think it's worth covering those. Um, basically, the psychic uh, assassinate um, has remained the same. Uh, bring it down. Um, you've basically got impurge the enemy. You've got assassination and bring it down. Um, I believe they've remained the same. Uh, no mercy, no respite. Uh, question. Go on. Is is it true that assassinate now you get a CP if you kill the warlord or something like that? Uh, at the end of the battle round, if any character units were destroyed as a result of attacks by a troop unit, um, an armager or a war dog, you gain a CP. Yeah. Okay, so that's new. All right, because yeah, there there was something on on the 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 Warhammer Plus battle report that. Cool. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, Harlequins, who have all those great troop units. Custodes were great troop units, be gaining CPs for days with assassinate. Yeah, yeah, um, that's really cool. Um, then you've got grind them down. Okay, so a nice little amendment there again with that troop unit armager, etc. You gain a um, basically if they destroyed a unit. So with grind them down. So if your you troops are armagers, point? you get an extra command point. Oh, for grind them down too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, which makes armages really good because they're going to be farming CPs, right? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, then no prisoners. Um, it stayed the same. Uh, then we're into Warpcraft. Uh, Warpcraft, you've got to bore the witch. That's remained the same. Warp ritual now. Here we go. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, so warp ritual is now four to cast. All right. And then we've also got, and you add one to the tally still, but psychic interrogation has the biggest change. Um, it now goes off on a five. I think it was like a three or four before. All right. And I'm pulling it up now just to double check. And you need to be visible now. So before you didn't need line of sight. Now you do. Oh, there we go. Okay. I knew they had to do something about that because psychic interrogation was one of the least interactive secondaries because you could just park yourself in the backfield, and as long as you're within 24 inches, up, oh, just farming three seat, three victory points a turn. Here we go. Yeah. Um, and there is a change to engage on all fronts. Score two VPs at the end of the turn. Have one or more qualifying units. See below from your army is wholly within three different table quarters. Um, and those units are more than six away from any other table quarter. Score three VPs instead if you have one or more qualifying units from your army wholly within each table quarter. And those units are more than three away from any table quarter okay a qualifying unit is a starting strength of three so it's much it's still the same to score two points but it's actually easier now to score the full three points because you only need to be three inches from any other quarter not uh, not the six inches okay okay so they've made that sort of latter part a little bit easier yeah now what was the 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 warp charges for warp ritual and psychic interrogation because the old version i have in front of me the old version of Warp Ritual was a Warp Charger 3, and Psychic Interrogation was a 4. Okay, so now they've gone up by 1 each. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because they were just kind of stupidly easy to pull off, too, before. Yeah. So, not not that a 4 and a 5 is that much harder to roll, but at least it's something. I mean, Warp Charge 3 is, that's pretty much an autocast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it is a little bit harder now, right? So, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. And also now, um, the banner on raised banners is removed if it's held by your opponent at the start of the command phase. 
Do you know some of those abilities that allowed you to like trigger, hey, have, you know, command abilities that allowed you to like give obsec to a unit to flip objectives right. and stuff? Yeah. That's not going to be, so it's not a massive change, but a slightly minor thing that might come up in from time to time. All right. Yeah. Now, oh yeah, because it scores at the end of the turn. So you may take the objective, your opponent gets one last point, and then the banner comes down in the next, in the command, next command phase. So. Yes. Yeah, now it comes down at the start, yeah. Yeah, so you'll, you'll, you'll still be able to, somebody's going to flip the objective or steal it off you at the end of their turn. You're still going to get one more point out of it. Yeah. And then, okay. All right. All right. Okay, awesome. Well, I think that's been a really good like overhaul of the balance update in the Arcs of Omen detachment in some of the missions. Like I said, some minor changes. Um, you know, I know myself and Michael will do a lot more detail on that on our kind of live. Um, but yeah, any questions, Dave? No, no. I'm looking forward to watching the the video um, later today that you and Mike are going to do on all the points changes. Um, but uh, no, it, I think I, I think for me, I, I have a better grasp now. And, and you know, I, I always kind of had faith that you know all of the the hand wringing and and gnashing of teeth and pulling of hair that everybody was doing on you know online. I knew it was a little exaggerated. Now I can see it's a lot exaggerated. Yes, Arcs of Omen is a little different. I know we hate change, but. It's it's really not that big of change, so everybody will be fine. If um, anything, everyone's going to be in a slightly better position in terms of overall balance for the game. Um, except you know, I. Well, yeah, we'll see about them. But um, you know, I think anybody could pick up Arcs of Omen um, and within a day be pretty familiar with all the new changes in terms of the missions in the secondaries. Yeah, and once Battlescribe updates, everybody will you know have a week with that, and they'll be fine. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think the new detachment's not nearly as, um, broken as people had feared. You know, I'm, I do have, I mean, you and I talked, we have a slight concern that people might start doing something stupid with Votan with, with allying Votan in. But other than that, the, like you said, the, the allied rules, which everybody was freaking out about is it actually serves to function to control a lot of the broken Oh my God, Abaddon is in every friggin' chaos list. It doesn't matter what you're running. Like yeah. that kind of stuff is going to go away. So that that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. And it, so, or even if you do take Abaddon, he's not advancing in charge, you know, he's not, you know, becoming a red course air for the turn or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. You know, he's not becoming, you know, fighting on death and stuff like that. So it does take the edge off that a bit. And if you want him to do those cool things, yeah, cool. Put him in Black Legion and credit to you if they stick him with Black Legion. Right. If you want to play him to his best ability, Put them in Black Legion, but otherwise you're not going to yeah. have you know the a, a bunch of knights and then you know a, yeah. a, a, an Arcs of Omen detachment of of Chaos Knights and then there's a Baden just tagging along for whatever God God knows reason. Yeah. So that stuff's not going to be happening. So that's good. Um, you know, I like the changes to Flamers that they're going to be. They they took the edge off. It was a very minor change. They took the edge off with making them actually have to roll to hit. Um. But it's, and you can't it's take really as not, many now as well because you can only take two rather than three units. So that's a slight change. Yes, um, I will say this as well. Abaddon has gone up to three hundred and fifty points now. He's gone up fifty, which I think was you know thoroughly well deserved for him because you know he's way too good anyway at three hundred. Uh, so three fifty is a nice change for him. Um, okay. But yeah, in terms of all the other bits and bobs, we will. Um, you know, I said about the pivotal rolls for Harlequins, like some of those really strong broken upgrades that you could take. Yeah. Um, so they're now back to rules as written in the codex, but they're mega expensive now. So if you want those really crazy good, good powers, then you have to pay for them. All right. So if you want for the 
for example, Mirror Architect on your Shadow Seer, now going to cost you a 60 point upgrade. Um, so I think, you know, if you want it, hey, pay for it. And I, and I kind of like that approach. Um, yeah. Okay, Dave, I'll give you one question on points. What is it? What's one unit you want to know the points for? Uh, selfishly, there's a lot I want to know. Go um, on, selfish. It's your time, Dave. You can be selfish. Go on. Okay. Uh, what's the what's the points now on the uh, the Votan um, the call? The call. He's ninety points. Okay, he didn't change. I think he has changed. I think he's up ten because you've got to pay ten points for your mass gauntlet or ten points for your uh, rampart crest. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so he's gone up ten points. Okay, so he's up ten. Um, okay, berserkers, mate. They're up three. Okay, that's not too bad. I mean. That's, that's 30, 30 more, points. That's now. 30 points I got to find plus 10 for troops, what about the, troops are up 1 point. My troops are up 1 point each. The Hearthkin, yeah. Uh, they're, they're 13 now. Um the champions up to 120, I believe that's a 10 point increase. The Grimlir, yeah. I believe is up 10 to 100 now. Um yeah, the Brokia Ironmaster is still the same. Hearthguard is still the same. Thunderkin are now 36 points a model, not sure what they were before and the conversion yeah, beam is 5 points. The land fortress is three hundred and ten points base. That so went up ten points. Yeah, I think there's some subtle changes for the vote time mate for you, right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. So I'm gonna basically end up dropping two bikes. That's okay. You, um, you'll live. Yeah, I'll be fine. I I will live. My my list is still mostly intact. Yeah. Um. All right. Cool. cool. Now, very, a lot of the cool. things I will say is that a lot of the marine armies have got a lot of their weapons for free, uh, to some degree. Um. So some of the more you know, I think we're going to see a lot of kind of free guns floating around. Like it's cool to see tactical squads. You can take what you want basically for free. Uh, that's awesome. Um, now there are going to be some ways you could probably abuse that kind of system with some of the different builds with death watch or whatever, but they're still going to die mega quick because of obviously the fact that, um, you know, you don't have armor contempt anymore. So, Hey, things yeah. are cheaper. You get weapons for free. You can do more damage. You can stay in doctrines for longer, but you are going to die faster. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's a trade off. It's a trade. And uh, yeah. you've got to take those trades where you can. One, one more question. Did, did on. heavy intercessors change in their points? Heavy intercessors. Um, they are. I love the model and they've just, they've been tw- so overcosted. They're 23 points a model. Uh, it's, I think um, that's it. it. It looks like it's changed. So it's 115. Points. Yeah. Yeah. That's a drop. I think cool. they were. Yeah. Nice. Well, right. Dave, it's been a pleasure, mate, uh, as always. And yep. uh, thanks so much for everybody for tuning in. And I really hope you enjoyed this review. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, now, before we uh, get out of here, let's uh, kick it over to James for our Battle Ready segment. All right, James, back for another Battle Ready segment. Welcome back, my friend. Thanks for having me back. Uh, so this week we wanted to talk about uh, weathering powders versus uh, sponging um, for, you know, uh, chip damage and that sort of thing, uh, especially with the new uh, Imperial Guard tanks coming out. Um, we wanted to, uh, to talk about what would be your your preferred method or, or how to actually properly use both of the, either of those methods. Yeah, of course. Um, well, look, I, I don't think there's a, there's an, an I'd, I'd advocate an either or. I think they're both both useful for different things. Um, let's start with with weathering powders. Um, so, so weathering powders are really good. Um, the, the one of the biggest issues with them is they do come off quite easily off a miniature uh, and that comes off just through sort of contact holding it moving it on the tabletop uh, sealing it in uh, sometimes can be a little bit difficult as well uh, but but there are ways and things that you can use to, to to sort of make them stick on and stay on 
obviously the first things first is weathering powders typically you apply them using a brush uh, like a big bigger brush uh, to sort of place the, the powder on the surface of the model uh, move it around and it does that dusting effect and collects in some of the recesses and deeper areas um, if you've got some really deep recesses the powder will typically stay in quite well however um, unless you fix it in place over time as i mentioned it will come off um, there's lots of different things you can use. Some people drop isopropanol uh, on, onto it, uh, which works quite well. Uh, I personally, however, um, not that I'm a frequent user of it for my hair, but I normally use really cheap hairspray, which works quite well. So hairspray essentially is glue. That's what it is for your hair. Um, uh, and obviously it comes in different sort of finishes. So matte or satin, uh, you know, different sort of finishes. Uh, it really works really well, genuinely speaking. And I mean this, you know, you don't have to spend expensive money on buying hairspray. Buy the cheapest, most rubbish one that you can because it normally is the stickiest and most horrible, which keeps the thing on the model longer. Um, and I'd always re recommend using a matte, uh, a matte hairspray typically. Uh, so you'd brush it on um, and then also uh, just do a couple of smooth passes, just literally a couple of bursts left and right over it and let it dry. You don't want to get it like super wet. You just want to do a layer of it and that will make it stick on. Um, I also find as well, if you... Um, if you gloss varnish the model uh, and then apply the powder with the uh, brush, then you use the hairspray. The hairspray sticks to the gloss even better uh, and it just puts a bit of a better bond on the surface and holds it on. The one thing I would say still though is don't expect that to even still keep it on permanently. Um, obviously abrasion, holding the model, moving it, etc., will will over time will take that off. Um, I've known people that wanted to sort of like gloss varnish over the weathering powder. It obviously gets rid of that sooty kind of dry feel. And even if you matte varnish it again afterwards, you kind of lose quite a bit of the of the of the sort of like soot kind of feel to it. So they're good. Um, don't expect them to stay on forever. Um, I personally use them just for basing. So adding like a real fine grit, like fine kind of like powdery kind of dirt to a base. I don't really use them for, for weathering personally, but that's just me. So I hope that answers about weathering powders. Um, uh, sort of sponging. Sponging is one of my favorite things. Uh, if you if you aren't looking to do like a box art heavy metal style model and you're looking for a gritty damage thing, then sponging is the greatest thing you can do. Um, I recently done it on a Votan army uh, that we painted on our on our sort of YouTube channel uh, with Ed, one of my colleagues, um, and um, and it's 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 a really good way of of adding quick, efficient, effective like chipping to a miniature. Um, one one big issue that, that a lot of people do struggle with is the two the two sort of firm with the sponge contacting the model. They're really really heavy handed with it, um, and you get massive splodges. Sponging should be um, a fine uh, a fine sort of scattering of, of of abrasion or wear on the surface of the model. It shouldn't really be like a huge area that's got like a massive. If you're going to do that, do it with a brush and paint the chips on with a brush manually. Um, so, so what you want to do to start off with is let's just say we're painting a, a blue Imperial Guard tank, like a Mordian Iron Guard, Liam and Russ. Um, it's painted in like uh, Cantor Blue as the armor color, for example. We'd pick something like uh, Calador Sky as the highlight to, to that. So it's a highlight of the chip. You'd sponge that on heavier than you'd sponge on the actual damage because the damage would be within within that that highlight if that makes sense what you're doing by leaving a little bit of the highlight color is showing the light catching the paint which is a, it's a, it's a basically a highlight of the of the chip or the damage if that makes sense um, and you want to aim to to sort of kind of try and get the, the the damage color whether it's brown gray metallic whatever you want to place within that highlight you're trying to do it centrally within it if, if that makes sense all right okay so again 
old car sponge uh, packaging from from boxes whatever whatever you can get your whole your hands on to do it and generally when you rip your sponge you don't want it to be really sort of smooth and, and, and flat. You want rough, because so, then the, the, the roughness of the sponge will also give you a more organic and natural look to your sponging as well. Um, so, so yeah, hopefully that gives you, it's a real fun technique. Very, very uh, sort of therapeutic if you just want to do something to de-stress. It's great to get instant kind of like uh, damage on a surface. Um, the other, the final thing to, to, to discuss and just to, to add on to that is really, really do take into consideration what you're doing the damage on. If it's a tank, if there's a ladder to get on top of it, the ladder would have a lot of contact from boots, from equipment being lugged up it and things like that. It'd have more damage than maybe a flatter area that doesn't have as much human contact. Um, take into consideration the object that you're sponging, where the, where the friction points will be, what would hit the ground, what wouldn't hit the ground, where the tracks potentially could spray material and cause chipping. Those are the kind of things you need to take into consideration. Awesome. Yeah, nice, James. I think that's, yeah, I think that's great. Um, well, James, thanks so much for coming on today's show again. And remember, if you've got a question for James, then make sure you head over to the Competitive 40K podcast uh, Facebook group and get your question in for James. But James, see you next week. See you next week. All right. Thank you again, James, so much. If you have a question to ask James, uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't hesitate to drop it into the Facebook community page. Um, and we'll try to get some questions over to James about uh, to to answer your painting and hobbying tips. So, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope this was as informative and as um, calming for you as uh, as we intended it to be. Uh, we appreciate, as always, you giving us your time and your attention. And we really wanted this episode to hopefully um, let everybody know that Arcs of Omen, when it when and if it ever takes, uh, not if, but when it takes effect, whether it's before or after LVO, is not the end of the world. Um, hopefully we should get some update on if it is going to be in play for LVO soon. Um, but for now, um, that's it. We'll be back next week. Um, probably, we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about um, the, the ramifications, the longer-term effects of some of these changes on different lists and such. And certainly, Steve and I are going to be talking about our run-up to LVO in the next couple weeks. So uh, until then, this is Dave Calmel for Stephen Box saying, I can do this all day. Have a great week. Take care, everyone. 